0: Been talking about growing. I hope you've been growing. We've been talking about it. basically, I looked it up almost six months. We had a various different types of uh, topics that we uh, uh, discussed, but it, nevertheless, the, the theme was growing in grace. Are you growing? Well, if not, at least you're growing in age, you're growing older. Everybody, you can't escape that. You know, in a couple of days from now, which will be New Year's, uh, not us, but the over a billion people, like China and Korea, I think they're getting one year older. They all get one year older on the beginning of the year. That's, I think that's the way it works. And uh, so we're getting older, okay? At least we're doing something about getting uh, growing. But we've been talking about uh, growing in grace, and today, as we uh, conclude uh, the last Sunday uh, of 2019, we're gonna conclude uh, the Growing in Grace series. Before we get to that, so today is last Sunday. That's why I decided to kind of dress up a little bit, you know, a little gift that I got over the Christmas, and uh, for some reason, 2020 seemed like a very futuristic time. I don't know about you. My younger people, maybe it's not a big deal. I'm a little bit older, okay? So born in 1957, that was a long time ago. And, uh, you know, you think about 20, 2000 or 2010, 2020, seemed like really futuristic time, and you kind of grew up with it. I don't know about young people today what you would consider futuristic, 2050 or whatever the case may be, but it's a very futuristic time, at least for me. I remember when I was admitted to the hospital, this is back in 1993, for heart transplant surgery, and the doctor told me that I needed heart transplant because I had this condition called chaldeomyopathy, which is deterioration of heart muscle. And heart muscle is the only muscle in our body. Once it dies, it does not regenerate. All these doctors were telling me on this. You know, before that, I was in track team. I was soccer. I was very healthy. I did a lot of things. I mean, uh, I was uh, uh, very energetic. And one day, I just, you know, driving highway and I just collapsed and fainted and went to the hospital and they told me like I need a heart transplant. Like, how can you accept that? And I was thinking, you guys must be wrong. It was a denial time. There is a no way. What's this cardiomyopathy? I mean, we've got this advanced medicine. I'm sure you can fix it, do something. And uh, my doctor says, no. Okay, well, then I'm going to see another doctor. So I went to see another doctor that says, same story. Uh, we can't really uh, help you unless you have a heart transplant surgery. But still, there was denial. There is no way that someone who was, what, at that time I was 31, 32 years old, there's no way that I need to have a heart transplant surgery. So I was in the hospital maybe into second week and watching this, one of my favorite episodes, Star Trek. Now, Star Trek, its setting is on the future. Uh, I think it was the original version. I'm not sure whether it's uh, the new generation or original version. I don't know whether it's ca- Captain Kirk and Captain Picard. I didn't really look it up, but it made a profound impact. So I was uh, uh, just just watching one of the episodes and watching it, watching it. And this episode, what happened was they were like floating or like like around the universe, right? And how whatever they doing. And they found like dozen coffins floating in universe. And the captain says, what's that? I said, well, I don't know, something is floating out there. Well, bring them in. So captain, the, the, they brought the coffin in, in, into the uh, enterprise and the captain says like, what are they? Well, the, the medical doctor says, it's humans. Well, what happened to them? Well, it looks like they, uh, they die from cardiomyopathy. I jumped, just jumped out of the bed. I was like laying down with like 11 different tubes going through my neck, you know, just barely surviving. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. That's when I came to senses. oh, my condition, cardiomyopathy must be pretty serious. And the uh, captain says, like, do we have a cure? Of course we do, and, and this medical doctor used one of those uh, device to inject something into the, into the into the whatever neck or something. Because he healed, and and I that year was somewhere around twenty twenty. No, I think it was actually twenty two hundred. But I just remember anything was two twos. It seemed like it's the future, and it's future, and the future things are going to happen. And I made a, uh, that was my experience uh, with, uh, with this uh, particular episode about accepting the, my condition. What's the point of this? It's not always about having solution to a problem. Now, they, the medical profession, we, don't, we still don't have a cure for cardiomyopathy. And I'm at the point where Because I had a heart transplant 27 years ago, and some of my arteries are clogging, and I can't activate myself as I used to. I can do the normal things, but I can't really run like I used to because the blood doesn't allow to be flowed through the clogged arteries. It's not about having solution to a problem. It's not always about God answering our prayers in time that matters to us. What matters is how we respond to God during the unanswered period. So today's message, text message, is Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. It's about experiencing God's favor. When you experience God's favor, that's when we grow That's when we grow in grace as a person. That's when we grow receiving the grace. Now, as for me, as I said, there is really no cure. My prayer back then has not been answered. Even today, my prayer, I hope this clogged heart already goes away, but has not been answered. And many of you might be in the same boat. And as we close... year 2019, you may be saying, I've been praying all throughout this year, but God has not answered my prayer. What do you do with that? How do you close this year and move on to next year when you have, and you've been just appealing to God to have your prayer answered, but God is not answering Well, if you look at the Bible, there are so many Godly people that we want to be like, who didn't get their way. Well, at least from our perspective. Look, simply, people like Peter and Paul, they lived a really hard life. I'm not so sure what their prayers were, but I don't believe it looks like their prayer has not been answered because they both got crucified at the end. Something that we would pray not to go through. I'm not sure if their prayers were answered. But you know, And we know, having read the Bible so many times, it was all about how they responded to God during that period of time that mattered to God. And that's how they grew in grace. And because of that, and we know they received so much, so much favor from God. God walked with them. God used them, God did life together with them. God's presence was with them throughout their lives. What they did is that they delighted in God. Even their prayers were maybe not answered. In the midst of difficulties and hardship, they delighted in God. They delighted in him, even in their persecutions. Our job, our role is, even if our answer may not have been answer, prayers may not have been answered this year. Maybe you have got two more days to go. God desires us to delight in him. So 2 Corinthians 12.10, look what Paul wrote. This is why. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's how they responded when things were not going very well. I can't say I live exactly like this until that I saw that Star Trek episode I was in total denial. God, why are you doing this to me? I wasn't quite living 2 Corinthians 12.10. I was not in delight with God at that brief moment. I rebelled to God. And yet, Paul and Peter and many other disciples and women in the Bible Even in the persecutions, even during the hardships, they delighted in God. And when they were delighted in God, God found favor in his eyes. I know we all have some unanswered prayer. And as we conclude 2019, let's think of our focus about how to Delight in Him. We all have weaknesses, hardships, and difficulties. What God desired us is to delight in Him. In spite of these shortcomings that we have. Meaning, through faith, through faith, we know that there is a greater purpose in everything that happens to us. If we delight in Him, those things will come true. Because God initiated something with purpose. It's that's simply growing by becoming closer to God. And that's growing in grace. And when we grow in grace, his favor rests on us. So back to my story. What favor have I received? I have gotten closer to God, that experience. It was, for me, being in the hospital six months, it was like being in a prison. I couldn't get out. That's when I became closer to God. I sense His presence in my life, even during the tough times. It's not about solving the problem that matters to God. What matters to God is that we have a sense of peace with him because we delight in him. So today, let's, as we conclude our long series on the growing grace, let's look at our scripture more carefully. Luke two fourteen. 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. That's uh, New International Version. The King James Version says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward man. This Bible verse is often cited during Christmas time. And yet, it is summary of what God had done What God is doing and what he will be doing with his son. This isn't just for Christmas time. It's for throughout the year. There are three points that we want to discuss today. First, giving glory to God in the highest heaven. Second, having on earth peace. Third, receiving to those on whom his favor rests. So let's look at it. The first point, glory in the highest doesn't it sound like majestic? Sounds holy. Glory in the highest. The words, the glory in the highest means that the praise is to be heard in the very heavens. It is the highest place of entire galaxy or universe that God made. There's no other higher place that we can glorify God. If you are a classical musician, the highest place is Carnegie Hall. If you are a football player, the highest place is Super Bowl. Get your mind off from the game today, okay? That's 4.30. We'll get to enjoy it later on. Just relax right now. But it's the highest place. There's no other place we can worship him. We are to worship, glorify him in the highest, in heavens. So Matthew 23, 9 says, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one, that's capital O, one is your father, he who is in heaven. So we all know that. That's because Christ came from heaven. In Romans ten thirteen says, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that's the grace that we've been talking about. It's a grace. God gave us grace from heaven. And here's a chart to remind us. Back in when we started this series, we, I showed this slide so many times, which is every uh, um, uh, Sunday worship. This is the chart. The big bubble, the red bubble, We're saved through his grace that came from heaven. It's a free gift to us. Many of us here have accepted that. And then somehow we decided to part the grace somewhere near us and never do anything with it. What the Bible is very clear is, is this. But grow in grace. The knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the days of eternity. Once we receive grace, now it's our turn to do something. To grow from being a baby to a child and, and adolescents and adults. That's what we're supposed to do. Just like we, God made us to grow naturally as a baby to a to, uh, Adolescents and adults. But in the grace-wise, we are to do the same thing. So growing in grace is letting the grace to shine through us. Go and just rub that grace, the, the diamond, whatever it is, just whatever you value so much, and you just wipe them off and dust off and let it shine. And it's growing, grace is growing to be like Christ. The second point is, is: this on Earth, peace? This peace does not simply refer to no more war on Earth. This is what we normally think. When you receive uh, Christmas, Christmas cards, if you ever get one, usually it's holiday greetings these days. We do get a, a Christmas cards. You know what it says? Peace on earth. That's not what the Bible says. It's on earth peace. Or maybe it's just, you know, it's just a world exchange, but there is difference. It's not simply about having a peace on earth, like as in no more words. You know, when you watch a long time ago, I don't know about today. When I was growing up, I watched every year uh, Miss America contest. And then they do the interview. They always ask this interview question. If you could have one wish, what would that be? You know what they answer? Every single one of them answer, exact same answer. You know what that is? I want peace. They always say, well, I want peace. Maybe they got it from here. But that's not the kind of peace that he's talking about. When God says, on Earth peace, But the sentence continues, which is the third point. It continues. It's, called, it's about God giving us a peace as we reconcile with God. That is the most important thing. It's not about no more war, no more fighting. We first have to reconcile with God in order for us to have peace. That's a peace with God first, and then peace among men will come. And God is love, as we know that. God is love, so he is also peace. And peace meaning to reconcile. So if you look at Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Wondering what that two group means? New Living Translation is a little more clear. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility and separated us. It's not simply talking about the war between the groups. It's about being united in spirit. It is about reconciling with God. At that time, there was no peace. I don't mean peace as as in from war. There was no peace because they both, the Jews and Gentiles, they did not have a peace with God. They did not... Reconcile at that time with God. See, when you reconcile with God, then we all become one. We all become God's people. Reconciliation is peace. And reconciliation is removing the barrier between man and God. And when we remove the barrier between man and God, we can then reconcile with each other. And that's true peace, true reconciliation. The third point about this particular scripture is really about growing in grace. Here's the point. We grow in grace when we are found favor in God's eyes. Remember um, a few years ago, uh, some of you have not been around for a few years ago, we did the series on God's favor. And there are three types of blessings that we discuss. First, it's grace. Grace is a free gift. Grace is something we do not deserve, but we get, which is salvation. Salvation. Second one is mercy. Mercy is also a free gift. Mercy is something that we deserve but we do not get. And that's the penalty of the sin. Because Jesus took it all away from us by dying on the cross for our sins. And that's the two things that we really know well. But the third thing is favor. Favor can be free. But the way it's depicted in the Bible, favor is conditional. God likes to give this favor to us when he is pleased with us. When he is delighted seeing us the way we glorify and honor. So going back to the scripture, what is the meaning of on whom his favor rests? New International Version, King James, goodwill toward men. Well, English Standard Version makes us easy to understand. English Standard Version says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased God is pleased when we delight in him and when he delights in us he lets favor to rest on us Moses prayed This way for blessings, and guidance. Exodus thirty-three thirteen, this is amplified version. Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your eyes, if that's conditional. It's not free gift. Whenever there is if, it's conditional. Something must to follow. Or something, something that I have done. If I have found favor in your eyes, show me now your way. Answer me, that's what Moses is saying, that I may know you even better and that I may find favor in your sight. Continuous, uh, do the good things, uh, do the good deed, I will delight in you. And so therefore, if that is, if you have found a favor uh, in your eyes, then show me the way, then I'll continue to follow your way so that I can continue to be found favored in your eyes. It's kind of continuation of, of life. Abraham prayed the same way. Genesis 18.3, when he needed it, or when God promised him that he's going to have a son in all age, and the son will not come. So Genesis 18:3 says he said, "If I found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by." In other words, God, if you're pleased with me, I would like your favor to rest on me. In summary, Jesus' life and his ministry brought glory to God in the highest heaven. For God so loved us so much that he would send his begotten son to save us, to give us hope, to give us that unconditional love, to give us that grace that we talked about. I know some of you here have not received him yet. This is a chance to receive that grace. And once you receive the grace, what happens is you become reconciled with God. You're now at peace with God. And when you're at peace with God, you can now make peace among men. Anything to attempt to make a peace with the man, without reconciling with God, could only be temporarily. So how are you doing with that? Are you making peace? When you're at peace with God, because that peace came with forgiveness, sacrifice, we can do the same unto others through the power of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, when we make peace with God, meaning God is pleased with us and we delight in him, then God's favor will rest on us. And that's experiencing God. And that's growing in grace. I just want to uh, honor God and glorify God for having worked on this series together with many uh, speakers and pastors on growing in grace. And pray that you put this into action, that you'll continue to grow, to receive favor from God.